Welcome to the Otherworld's GG Community Cast. This is episode number 73. I am Table for Two, and I'm here with Mellified and Alien Pickle. What's up, guys? Hey, it's Mellified. I am doing great. Uh, just recovering from a very minor um, little skin thing that the doctor cut me open, left me with a beautiful scar. Chick stig scars, right? So, so how is that mind control device doing? <laughs> yes, yes. I, I'm feeling much more calm and content and... The urge to kill has uh, has has increased, but I'm I'm handling it so far. <laughs> What's up, pickle? How you been? I'm all right. Doing, I'll just doing... leave it at that. If I go into <laughs> it, it's the whole show. You know, I feel that though because you know, for me at work too. Like I, you know, we were talking just before the show for probably an hour and a half before we started recording. And, uh, like I, I, you know, I too have had a pretty long week myself with work and such, so I totally get it, but I'm ready to talk about some games and talk about some things that kind of, uh, picked our interest, piqued our interest, if you will, um, over the last week or yeah, so. Yeah, you can, you can pick your nose and you can pick your friends, but you can't pique your interest. <laughs> what? Yeah, <laughs> sure. I think that's how that phrase goes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That sounds right. Well, one of the things that I really appreciate is, you know, we, we've talked at length about, you know, in the past, and we're pretty big fans of, like, really good modding communities and, you know, some, some fun free games out there that people do, like Total Conversions and stuff like that. But this is in the realm of something a little different where this guy has made, it's a, it's a fan-made project that combines Lego and Fallout. And essentially, it is it is like a Lego version of Fallout that a fan has made. So it's not an official like Lego Star Wars or Harry Potter or like Marvel or whatever. This is this is actually some fan has made like a a, a Fallout game in the style of Lego, and it's free. Um, if you if you go to his website, you can um check it out. It's, it's an on itch it's page, a, right? Yeah, there's an itch page for it. Yeah, a thrill thrill to will itch.io um and lego is spelt with a three for the e um but he's got download instructions and uh the trailer for it was quite fascinating to watch so i'm actually kind of curious about this and i'm thinking about downloading it myself and checking it out but i really i really dig seeing projects like this fun little things that people do so yeah and it's a pretty darn accurate looking lego game that's yeah be amazing yeah, the screenshots are impressive for sure. So, so here's a thought. Lego. Back before everything was themed, Lego was just generic bricks and you made whatever you wanted, right? So somebody should make a generic Lego game that you can then treat like uh, RPG Maker, right? Like import your own art and level design and make mm. whatever you want. They did. They did try a Minecraft-style Lego game called Lego Worlds that did, was terrible. Yeah, did not live up to the promise, but um, that would be fun to see. Well, uh, this one, this one really. I'll, I'll talk a lot about it during the roundtable, so I'll try to keep this brief and just stick to the facts. Uh, recently, Modern Warfare Two launched. Uh, surprisingly to, to some of us, Activision actually did a simultaneous release on both Battle.net and Steam for the game. So you could just go and buy it from Steam. And if you did, one of the things that was nice is they had allowed family sharing, which is Steam's feature to allow uh, ideally other members of your family to play games from your library. 
And three days after launch, they disabled it. Yeah, and and the point that a lot of people made was if you'd been playing the game, you were probably past the two-hour return limit, so now you were stuck because they had changed, you know, pray I don't change the deal any further, I guess, Bobby Kotick. Um, (laughs) You know, this, this was... This was kind of crappy. Uh, I have some thoughts about it, but I'll talk more about it at the end of the show. Uh, yeah, that's pretty. Um, pretty nuts. Kind of, I'm kind of not a fan of that. Yeah, speaking yeah. Of, speaking of not a fan, Overwatch Two. That's the story. Oh yeah, that's... yeah. Just in, insert your own after <laughs> Overwatch Two. Anything is <laughs> is true. Anything you can think of. Uh, no, it's Overwatch 2 rewards are so miserly that you can earn coins faster by converting World of Warcraft gold instead of earning the achievements in Overwatch itself. That's yeah. messed up. That's, that's such a goofy system. I mean, it's 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 cool that like Blizzard has always had some kind of a, a unique connection between all of their games, right? Like... If I'm playing StarCraft 2, I can talk to my buddy who's playing Diablo, right? Like, through the chat system yeah. that are in the games. This kind of goes to, like, that an, an extra level that's just really weird that I can earn something in World of Warcraft that then can directly be affected by something that I can do in Overwatch 2. And I'm not so sure I'm keen on that feature. Yeah, did they shut down Overwatch 1 when 2 yes. came out? So yes, you have yeah. no option to just go back. Right. Correct. So, yeah. I mean, if you had so, Overwatch one, you get Overwatch two automatically. It just but everybody does. It. Right. Well, yeah. You still have to like add it to your account more or less. But like, if you had one installed, they just convert it over for you. Yeah, but they should like, give you something. Like you had Overwatch one, so you get skins that people that didn't ha- can't get. Right, because they're you, not free. You, but it, you, you just treat Overwatch. Yeah, treat Overwatch one like the season one battle pass. Everybody got it. If yeah, you Bl- it. Bl- this is just a long string of Blizzard making a y- weird and odd decisions. Like, yeah, it, 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 it's just. I don't think anybody thought that this made sense. So, no, it's dumb. The other article that I saw that's tightly related, right, is that you can buy the physical, like, knickknacks that are also in the game <laughs> like for cheaper to physically get the ornaments yeah. than we, to get them talked, in the game. We talked about that briefly last week, but again, it's just like, it's still more like just dumb decisions by blizzard. It just, you're, you're just emphasizing the dumb. <laughs> right. Yeah. And I saw so. an article on PC games and Diablo creator, David Brevik says blizzard's direction is not the one he would choose. Correct. Yeah, this weekend, no shit. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's well, he's trying to be polite, I'm sure, but yeah, yeah, it's... yeah it said it says a lot in one sentence, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, 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 in in games that I forgot about that were coming out, there's a uh, there's a new Sonic game coming out called Sonic Frontiers, and this is supposed to be like an open world Sonic game. Um, it's almost like they're mixing and matching a lot of genres into like one big story of a game that they're going to be telling. I actually have this wish listed and I totally, again, forgot that I even had it on my wish list. Um, but what was interesting, what, what caught my attention when going through some of the articles today was the description on this from PC gamer just cracked me up and it says 
Sonic goes open world for the first time. Translation for the for people who are playing PC games in the '90s instead of Sega games, it's like Tribes mm-hmm. Two, but you're a hedgehog who runs instead of skis. i thought i thought that description was just so funny like i had to talk about it but i'm actually kind of curious about i've i've enjoyed sonic over the years uh you know highs and lows there's been some good and bad in there but um for the most part i've enjoyed sonic so i'm curious about this it's like sonic starfield xenoverse (laughs) (laughs) i i would say that their efforts in the 3D space have been very poor, generally, whereas the 2D Sonic games have been very good. So it'll be interesting to see if they can kind of pull this off. Uh, well, like we were talking before, I'm going through my ROMs and stuff, right? And like I get to the Dreamcast thing, and it's like, oh, Sonic Adventure and Sonic mm. uh, 3D World and Sonic... And, and I'm just like, skip, 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 skip. Like, I have no interest in any of that 3D trash that I they I think did. Sonic Adventure was okay. It wasn't it wasn't a great game, but I, you know it it had it's got some nostalgia for me at least. Okay. No, yeah, nostalgia is. Yeah, that's all it's got. Um, I'm not yes, saying it's, I'm yeah. not saying it's great. I'm just saying you know. Yeah. Anyway. Nostalgia is well, like never meet your heroes, right? It's like <laughs> never never actually go back and play the games that you love. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Well, uh, on a on a note of old games and Sega, interestingly, uh, Sega. If you remember way back in the day, the Genesis had the the Sega CD come out as an accessory, and this was right at the time when uh, technology enabled the playback of full motion video in in games. Right, so we got a whole slate of. Uh, weird fmv games from this era the kind of early mid 90s and one of them was a game known as sewer shark that's the one i remember playing quite a bit um and alongside sewer shark was a uh somewhat racy game although i think by today's standards it seems exceedingly tame um and god i'm blanking on the name of it what the heck was it the the night trap thank you okay night trap so night trap came out and it really wasn't all that uh racy but you had like co-eds running around in their underwear um trying not to get murdered and that you were hot dana plato action right right yeah in her her uh drug addict days i believe so sega also did a follow up for the Sega Saturn, um, they did a, another FMV game that was intended for adult audiences. It was uh, named Sacred Pools, and the game was basically done, but um, it never got released. And so recently, somebody dug this thing up, and we can actually now go and play it. And they have a Saturn build, a PC build, and even weirdly, a PlayStation build. Uh, presumably because the Saturn was not doing very well and Sega needed to make their 2 to $3 million budget back on this thing. So they were going to ship it for PlayStation. Um, you know, but then it never, it never uh, quite made it out. I guess, you know, they uh, decided not to ship it for whatever reason. They were getting ready for the Dreamcast. Some people have speculated maybe that's why, but at any rate. Uh, Sacred Pools, this, you can now just play. 
this thing's like Babylon Five meets like video games meets point and click adventure. Yeah, yeah, and it, there's no nudity. When I say adult, it was more just that right. it was targeted for an older audience. It's just a mature, nothing... more mature game. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't like there's actual sexual content or anything. It's just some scantily clad characters. So talk about an interesting, interesting piece of history. Yeah, yeah. For sure. Anytime we have these lost games, especially ones that were basically done and just never shipped, it's fascinating to me. Um, so much money just left, you know. You know, oh. rec recently in our Discord, I made uh, an analogy about the evolution of video games over a period of time, right? When you have a lot of investment and a lot of interest in a game, you, you know, hopefully, generally speaking, you have really good developers that are ambitious enough to keep the game growing and evolving and changing and then my ex my example was eve online and i talked about how you know eve online came out in 2003 i started playing it at late 2007 early 2008 and how over the years it's evolved and grown and even changed its graphical stuff and um the art and whatnot um it's just it's it's come a long way and that was over you know almost 20 years now it'll be 20 years old next year of all things, which is crazy. But then you get games like Elite Dangerous, where, you know, that game's been out since, what, 2015, so it's been seven years now. And what has Frontier done with it? And... Segway. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm lost whenever I see Frontier doing anything other than improving their games. Right. Well, they had, they had their uh, Jurassic Park thing which did pretty good. And then they had the, you know, their um, whatever theme park thing that that was. Planet, Roller Planet, Coaster. Planet, 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 Coaster. Planet Roller Coaster. Planet Coaster. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, which I just didn't have any interest in, right? But I keep waiting, like, please, please fix Elite. So they figured out how. They, they're acquiring the studio that made the recent Warhammer 40K Demon Hunters game. Um and I guess we're getting uh, Tyranids now or <laughs> something. I don't know what the hell they're going to do with it. They're probably going to just kill it. But anyway, yeah, um, I don't I don't know. So the the 40K Damon Hunters, is that the the XCOM one? Yes. It, yep. OK. All right. Because I, I thought that was like Chaos Gate. Yeah, well, it is. Damon Hunters. Okay. Yeah. 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 It's right, that's that's why I was. It. Okay, that's why I was confused. <laughs> um, yes. But, but yes. anyway, yeah. So uh, Nurgle and stuff and stuff maybe probably not coming to Elite, but uh, <laughs> Frontier will find a way to screw it up. So. Yeah, that's yeah. kind of the part that that was a little bit disappointing. Is you know I think that these guys. Uh, the studio was onto something. They did a really good job with, uh, with Damon, Damon Hunters, uh, Chaos Gate, Chaos Gate. Yeah, Damon I, I kind of like it. It it radically departed from what the original game was, but that's okay because so did so did uh, the like modern version of XCOM depart from what classic XCOM was, right? Mm -hmm. And Damon Hunters kind of made similar departures, you know, and, and it worked. Cracked. Like it yeah. had some some pacing issues and things i think but uh yeah. they were supposedly working on it and i haven't gone back and tried it since they uh patched it so yeah. um I, I want a gundam game that is like the modern xcom 
right? Like, give me a squad of Gundams, and then I can move and shoot um, and hide behind cover and stuff. But they, every time Bandai releases some Gundam stuff over here, it's just garbage. Like the the um, what is it? Super Robot Wars. Yeah, right? that's what like, I was thinking is, of. Yeah, I I really don't like those games. I've tried. But what was that? Just... What was that Gundam game where there were like mini Gundams, like they're like miniatures? Yeah, SD that that super yeah, deformed S- Gundam. Yeah, also not super good deformed. games. That's what SD is. It's a super deformed Gundam. But anyway, uh, yeah, it's terrible. Hmm. So I I see another article in here because that that one's kind of crap. So we'll we'll go for two. Diablo Immortal has made three hundred million so far. Oh, and God. off a, off a player base of only fifty people. <laughs> oh, I guess that's, when you make tough. a game for the whales. Yeah, that's just yeah, funny. yeah. Jeez, y'all have fun. How disappointing. Right? <laughs> well, what what's sad is that it means that they're it's it's encouraging Blizzard, right? This is oh well, we, this vindicates us having done this, even though it's terrible for everybody, except for them apparently. Yeah, and before StarCraft Immortals. Um Ugh. speaking wow. of speaking of games. <laughs> ah. Uh so about a little over a month ago, a game that I actually kickstarted uh, a while back called Dual Universe came out. And um it's it's by a, a studio called Nova Quark and I, they're based out of Europe, I think France specifically. At least the former CEO was French. And uh, back when Ali and Pickle and I were on a different podcast, we actually got to interview JC, the former CEO of Dual Universe, uh, about the upcoming release of that game. That game went through a couple of years of alpha, a couple of years of beta, and then it finally launched recently to a very rough start. They've, um, they've, they've definitely been having a hard time because they don't quite have enough staff to um, take care of support tickets. So like I had a support ticket in that got answered like a month and a half later, Ooh. um, you know, and so while I was able to get my issue resolved, it was kind of like that's a long time to not talk to somebody, um, or even or even tell them like, hey, we're still looking into this, or hey, like, you know, sorry for the delay, but like just like flat nothing, and um. But because I backed it at a certain level, I basically can play the game for free for like two years because they did. It is a subscription-based game. It's kind of like Space Engineers meets Eve Online. So it's got the Space Engineer like survival crafting kind of mechanic. Although there's not really a survival mechanic, it's just more like crafting. Hmm. And then it's got the talents, which is very similar to the skill queue stuff from Eve Online, to where like you can queue up some talents to train. And it trains in real time, even when you're offline. And uh, one of the things, this is kind of getting into a little bit of the roundtabledness because I, I want to talk about this at length. One of the things that really is frustrating about this is the barrier to entry on this game is extremely high. This isn't just a matter of like, you know, learning recipes. This is like uh degrees of levels of like having to learn how to build things like you're talking about having to learn how to build the screws that go with components that build parts that you then can slap on a ship like 
and you have to learn all kinds of stuff. And then you can get higher manufacturing where you have like assemblers of different scales and sizes that you then have to pump out schematics for it. You actually have to like print copies of schematics and put it in the schematic bay of this thing for it to be able to build stuff. It just, it gets so like levels deep of tedious. It's a little much. Um, so I don't know what's going to happen to this game in the future. I don't know how well it's really going to take off. I mean, I think the idea is like, it's going to be a world in which a game in which players build cities and their own commerce. And it's kind of like, they're talking about it like a metaverse type game, but it's got a long way to go before it ever gets there. So interesting. Uh, well, I mean, I'm intrigued by it and I am dabbling in it because I can, I can play it yeah. you know, for free, you know, so I have access to it. So I am curious about it. So I'm keeping my foot like in the door, but I, I don't know. Hmm. I feel like this genre is just not doing anything interesting. Like there, there's only, I feel like crafting can only get you so far until you've like built the cool thing that you wanted to build. And it's just like, now what do I do? Because all of the PvE stuff in there is courier mission. Like, it's all you're doing. It's just courier mission. There's no NPCs that you're interacting with. So, it's it's got a long way to go before I think it's really going to be a fleshed out game. So, anyway, that's kind of my review slash take on, on Dual Universe. Got it. Um, Capcom discussed their financials uh last year as part of what corporations do i guess and they announced that they figured in october of 2021 that 50% of their sales would be coming from the pc and as of october 2022 that is true half of capcom's money is coming from pc games neat uh plus one for the steam deck i guess huh yeah, well, and, and I didn't want to get too much, say too much more because I want to talk about it a little bit in our roundtable section. So uh, I'm just going to stop there unless anybody else has comments. Nope. But um, what, what else we got on here? Jim, do you got anything else? Yeah, uh, just this morning, Elon announced that there's going to be an $8 seasonal battle pass for Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my. Yeah, you get you get flare, and uh, it's gonna track your your ratio <laughs> right on your profile. Oh boy. No, probably not. But I did suggest it to him. You can go look at my Twitter feed. I did. I totally <laughs> did. Anyway, yeah. So Sims Four, uh, free to play for some reason. I, I guess they're like you know give give away the the razor and like make the money on the blade DLC. Uh, yeah, there's seven hundred dollars worth of DLC if you paid full price it's today. Ridiculous for, for Sims Four. So and they're and it keeps coming. Yeah. Um, so yeah, they don't need I, to charge for the game at this point. Sims Sims Four, I think, is what EA's um, um, Grand Theft Auto. Right? You know, it's like mm. they're, you know at this point it's never gonna die. Yeah. So so they need to make Sims Four VR. Call it metaverse. <laughs> and Facebook acquires it. And and we're done. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's I, it's the matrix at that point. I uh all I know is that there are an awful lot of mods for Sims 4 
considering it has not had official mod support, although that is coming soon, apparently. Um, but if you go to those sites that have the, you must be 18 to view this page, uh, disclaimers on them. There are lots and lots of content for the Sims 4, man. Holy oh, wow. cow. It's like, it's like Skyrim. They're, yes. they're, they, they've they've basically they've basically said that all of the DLC that you could buy, there's mods for it uh, that you could get instead that does the exact same thing. Right. So yeah. Although keeping those mods up to date and and dealing with compatibility and everything is definitely a a challenge because it's not officially supported. You have to do yeah. all that out of game, so it's almost worth it to buy it if if you wow. really actually, want it. Wow, actually looking at the Steam Store <laughs> DLC page, I don't own any DLC for The Sims 4, and it says to add all the DLC to my account is $984. Wow. Sweet Jesus. Although sometimes that's like a double down because they'll have like a... Here's here's five hundred dollars worth of individual, and then a five hundred dollar all in one pack. So then that's, it looks like a thousand. You would think so, but in this case, that's not, not the in case. this case. Yeah, right. the, that is that is a thousand dollars of individual DLCs. I think wow. the seven hundred was when they initially did the free to play announcement. They had a bunch of stuff on sale, right? So my wife that gives was probably me shit. Why. My wife gives me shit when I buy an eighty dollar plane for DCS. And then she'll like throw down for like three Sims expansions. Together. <laughs> yeah, they're forty bucks a pop. They're no yeah. joke. Yeah, most of them are. Yeah, some of them are, some of them are like twenty. There's a few that are even lower than that. Like there's a couple of five dollar ones in here. Well, and, and those are like those are like up. clothes or stuff for your house. But the actual expansions that add new like parts to the game are forty. Yeah, snowy yeah. escape expansion pack, eco lifestyle. Get together, island living, discover university. Holy crap! Get famous. Uh, vampires is one. Uh, werewolves is another. I know. There's um, toddlers. I think is the newest one of the newer ones. Uh, the vampire dogs. Sims and the werewolf Sims live across the street from each other. Do they fight? I don't know. I don't know. I have not paid that close attention to it. But as it turns out, you were going to talk about The Sims 4 having a glitch too, right? That Yeah, which I, I I briefly looked at this article, so it's like The Sims 4 glitch is turning everybody's Sims into, into a-holes. And it's like, well, yeah, so there's a behavior glitch in the AI where the, it, they're not nice to each other. Like, you know, something happened. I guess it was like part of the free-to-play patching process or something. The, the AI went foul or whatever yeah literally <laughs> yeah so yeah, but, you know there's there's a there's a small paragraph in the article that says after weeks of sims yelling at each other insulting each other and picking fights ea has now acknowledged that the rampant bitchiness is an open <laughs> issue a post on the forum thread says uh, the team is actively working on a fix which will hopefully arrive sooner rather than later if, be, quick before my sims kill each other <laughs> Yeah. Can you imagine Sims, but it's Tron, right? Where you get like sucked into the Sims and then you have to like deal with the the son of the guy who you like deleted the ladder out of the pool and let him drown. Oh, my it's God. Like, oh, welcome to the grid program. <laughs> we, have, we have some history to discuss. Yes. Yes. Um, my goodness. Well, uh, let's move on to the roundtable. I know. 
Hunter, you wanted to talk to, about uh, Dual Universe a little bit. I know we touched on it earlier. Did you want to add anything else before I start ranting about PC yeah. games? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, just just to kind of like really round 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 it up though, and and you guys feel free to jump in if you want to say anything about this. I know that you guys don't really have experience with Dual Universe directly, but you have experience with the genre, and the the thing about the thing about dual universe that i find intriguing is this idea of a grand universe of players working together to build uh something but with with you know limited directions or limited like you know needs for things like for example if if the only thing that i can do in the game is like make stuff and sell it on the market for other players to buy or um, you know, do these courier missions like that. The the incentive, like, what's what's the money sink though? Like, what am I spending the money on that I absolutely need? Because I, as a player, can train up all the talents and build anything else, just like the next player. So, like, my skills, you know, it's just dependent upon like my talents that I train, and everybody has access to the talents. The talents aren't locked behind some wall. It's not like, you know, in the Eve, you have to buy skill books, right? So, like, the, the skill books have a money sink cost to them because if you want to be able to do a certain thing, you need to be able to buy the skill and learn it. This is just like a tree of skills. Start learning. And the that's the same problem with Elite Dangerous, right? Elite Dangerous was kind of like, here's all these things you can do. You can earn money. You can do trade. You can... Yes, but to what end? Like... Unless I'm setting personal goals for myself and my friends, there's the incentives are very low other than, hey, I'm kind of curious as to how this works. But by the time you figure it all out, what have you made, right? Like you have people that are really good at building ships in the game and people that are really good at building, you know, bases and stuff like that. Great. But again, what's the end goal? Like, what's the thing that I'm trying to accomplish? Like, what am, what am I trying to achieve to have some kind of sense of purpose other than like here's a thing that i built that no one's ever gonna see um, what would you say it is that you do here right right exactly <laughs> that thought and yeah. it's kind of one of those things where like at least in eve online i have some goals that i can set i can I have some things that i want to achieve it's just like i really want to get that ship because that ship's going to help me do these kinds of missions and i really like doing these kinds of missions so if i want to get better at doing these kinds of missions because i find them entertaining and rewarding I want to achieve this this level so I can go and get this ship. And then there's proficiency things, right? Like I can skill into other things to get me better at using that ship that I just got. So it's like there's 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 goals that you can be set because of the way the game mechanics are. Stuff like Space Engineers or like uh, Starship Evo or even Starbase, right, Jim? All of these games don't have anything that really give you a goal to to achieve to and they provide no resistance right right at least like elite you you could get killed but by the time you get to the point where you're in like a mid-range ship or something then you just really don't sweat the ai so that's why people got into pvp because it was like well i need a i need some kind of challenge here right like right. why would i go engineer my ship why am i spending hundreds of hours going down to these planets and crawling around in my golf cart to pick up like fancy rocks to take to some engineer that makes now, my right. ship like 2% better. Like right. why? 
Right. Now, here's the thing. That's not to say that these games aren't beautiful. That's not to say that these games aren't fun to explore for a little while. But after a period of time, that that beauty is going to fade away and you're going to be like, okay, now now what do I do? Because I've, I've seen it. What else is there to do here? Empyrean, I left off the list because at least in Empyrean, you've got NPC assholes that will wreck your shit if you're not careful. And there's like a risk, there's a risk reward factor to that because, you know, they're, they're flying around in space, right? As we're in like dual universe, there's a whole huge section of space that is the safe zone. And like, you can do practically everything that you want to do within the safe zone without having to deal with the PVP elements of other asshole players. Well, the, the other huge problem that I had with it, and maybe this has changed, but whenever they had plots of land, right? Mm -hmm. At the beginning, mm -hmm. it was like, every square inch is a player's you know it, it's it's like going to a subdivision and it's like okay i got my my little eighth of an acre and i built my house on it and then the neighbors are like in you know as far as the eye can see plots of land like right like button up against each other the whole way and as far as resources well I can't really just like mine for resources, but I have like colored pebbles that are just laying around and they respawn every day. So I have to just go out here with my, with my, my uh, bucket sweeper and, pick them and up. suck yeah. them up. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, this is dumb, right? Like, like space engineers, you had to go and find an well, asteroid and find the one that had the thing in it that you needed. And then actually did, dig. it was gameplay. They did change some of the mechanics a little bit because that, that, that mechanic that you're talking about still exists. But now there's like auto miners, right? That like just sit like on a thing and you have to calibrate them like every three days or whatever. Oh, yeah, great. And... So so you don't even get the gameplay. They're like, there's too much gameplay in picking up these rocks. Let's just automate that. <laughs> well, they don't, they don't, they don't, they only pick up so many units an hour, right? So many like liters an hour yeah. or whatever they call it. It would be but... more fun if it was a Roomba that crawled around and picked them up, right? That would be least... funny. That would yeah. be really funny. But, but yeah, so, I mean, and then there are asteroids that you can go mine up in space, too. Like, if you wanted to go and get a spaceship, like, you, and, and the asteroids will respawn, like, every 24 hours or something like that, too. But, again, you know, without, without goals in games, it can kind of be challenging other than, like, setting goals for yourself. Because, like, people are like, well, I've got 2,000 hours in space engineers. And I was like, doing what? Like, that's, and I, I know there's a dramatic pause there, but, like, really, doing, what are you doing? I mean, other than playing Legos, like if you're playing in creative mode in Space Engineers and you're just building a lot of cool stuff, great. You're you're like playing with Legos. I can get behind that. That's fine. But if you're actually trying to like survival craft, like in Space Engineers, once you can figure out how to like get a steady source of like water going, you're like you're set. Like because water can make oxygen, water can fuel your jetpack, water like you are fine. Like you're not going. There's no need for you to like worry about dying because like that like you 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 know. It's just not a, it's not an, it's a non-issue. So I went on a little bit longer than I thought I was probably going to go with this, but, uh, <laughs> yeah. but you know, it just, it kind of frustrates me when there's some really interesting ideas out there and like the crafting system in the game is real. Like w when you have the, the buildings, like materials ready to go to like, just actually start building stuff. Dual universe is a really cool system for building because they do a lot of voxel stuff so you can smooth voxel over. So it's not just a square based system like um space engineers or empyrean where it's just there are some curved blocks but they're like a fixed curve you can actually mold and shape and like form 
like you know um crazy slopes on things and you know it it's it's a system that is is made for like really like purely building unique items like there's there's yeah, some just, really cool stuff, but it just it strikes me as like if if you uh if you take Empyrean, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then you go on the Steam workshop and you look at all those crazy ships that people have made, right? Like people have made like a full on Imperial Star Destroyer that you can walk around inside, mm-hmm. right? And and so you go in creative mode and you pull it down off the workshop and you spawn it and then your your FPS goes to like two. But but it's like, well, you would never actually see it in the game, but it's just kind of the testament of like, look at this thing this guy made. That's really cool. So in in, uh, Dual Universe, it seems like that is the end game, is the car show, right? It's like, hey, let's all get our ships, and we're all going to meet in this town and park our ships Dude, all over it's, and it's look been at what a, everybody it's, made. It's been a month and a half, and I've seen some crazy-ass stuff. Like, I'll go to, like, one of the local starports, and some dude built a giant Ferrari spaceship. It's like, uh, uh, it's like if the Millennium Falcon was in the shape of a Ferrari. Like, just that, that scale, like, that large. Right? I, I think that is the game. Then it's just got the rest of it around it for I don't know why. You know, people already be, people already have be blueprints Lego that you can, Well, yeah, people already have blueprints for like X wings and Tie fighters, you know, and that and that's not even a copyright thing because like, what is what is Lucas Arts gonna do, right? Like, what is like this uh, something a player made? Like, you can't control that, you know, and it's creative liberties at that at that point too. Well, and, turns out they had that problem, right? Remember City of Heroes? Because mm-hmm. Marvel tried to sue City of Heroes because people were like making the Hulk and making Spider Man and that, and it's like, hey man, we just gave them a, a like a costume designer. We don't have any control of what they do with it, and they're like, we need to take stuff out that lets them actually resemble our shit. <laughs> when, like, well, when you're allowed to freeform design any shape, though, like that's the game, dude. So. Unless you're going to tell the game to stop being the game, then like that's I don't think that's going to happen. I think Dual Universe has some liberties, but but anyway, I, it's just that's kind of my my rant, my soapbox about it. Like it's not a terrible game, but it's just like a game that I like. There's there's no goals other than the goals that you set for yourself or your friends, and I'd rather spend my time playing something else. I'd rather go spend my time playing Guild Wars Two, or I'd rather go spend my time playing like you know, Halo or some kind of shooter that, you know, I can just enjoy and then walk away from when I'm done. But would you rather uh, play Star Citizen? I'd I, actually, yeah, I would. I would. I, and I have access to Star Citizen and I've got a, I've got a freelancer. I got a pretty badass freelancer in that thing. I love that ship. And I would rather go and play Star Citizen and do courier runs in that and do bounty hunting missions in that and do, um, uh, rescue missions and 890J, like hostage missions and like all the other things because there's actual NPCs to interact with and they've got actual ground combat where I can go and raid like a subterranean base on a moon that's like being, yeah. you know, overrun by, you know, mercenaries or something. Like, for what it's worth, even though Star Citizen's still in an alpha state, there's way more that you can do in that than you can. Granted, I'm not crafting and molding my own ship to the way that I want it, but who right. cares? But, here, but here's the plan. <laughs> we fire Chris Roberts. 
we replace him with Dave Filoni. <laughs> and then just let it happen. <laughs> oh my. That's funny. Anyway, that's that's I'm getting off my soapbox because I know Malafide's got some stuff. Sure. Well, I, I wanted to call back to uh first of all, Capcom announcing that hey, you know, half their games are now being sold on PC. Um for a long time with the PS4, Xbox 3 or Xbox 1 era, the kind of rule of thumb was you got half your sales on PlayStation, a, uh, a quarter of your sales were PC and a quarter were Xbox. So the fact that Capcom has transitioned from a quarter of their sales to a half their sales being on PC uh is pretty impressive to me and i feel like it signals something that we've talked about on the show a few times around other companies like i mean microsoft is putting everything they have on pc and xbox uh certainly going forward but also they just announced age of empires 2 is coming to xbox of all things which uh you know seems a little nutty um given how keyboard and mouse centric the game is but they think they can pull it off that reminds me of StarCraft on the on the Nintendo 64. Mhm. Yeah. Or yeah. Command Conquer 3 on the Xbox 360. But yeah. 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 And so, you know, we're we're seeing games go on to uh many platforms, even Sony who's notoriously avoided bringing their stuff to other platforms has started shipping, you know, most of their games you know, typically about a year behind the the console release, but they're still bringing them to PC. Um, so, you know, why, like, I, I have a theory as to why this is happening. Um, and it really has to do with rising development costs. Uh, it has to do with the fact that game pricing hasn't really changed since last generation, where we went to $60 for console games and $50 for PC was, is still kind of the standard. Um, so what, these companies are doing is realizing like, Hey, I'm throwing away a quarter or more of my sales by not bringing stuff to PC. And, you know, I think a major publisher, Japanese publisher like Capcom, uh, seeing half of their sales now on PC is going to increase this trend or, or accelerate this trend that we're already seeing of all the developers bringing stuff to PC. Sony so that's doing it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, Sony's one of the the biggest names in Japanese uh, video games. Period. Um, the lone standout, of course, is Nintendo. Yeah, the day the day that Nintendo starts putting their stuff on on PC is like the day that they're 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 stopped doing consoles. I think <laughs> because because like at that point, I mean, you you know, you're telling me I can just play Smash Brothers on my computer, like legit, like legitimately, like they release Smash Brothers mm -hmm. through Steam. Like, why would I ever want to play it on my Switch now? No, no, like, no. I, I can play it Nintendo on my will, Nintendo will bring all their games to Steam, but they will only run on the Steam Deck, not the PC. <laughs> I, 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 think that, I think that would be a fair trade, because I think there's the, the Steam Deck is actually gaining traction. I mean, just the other day, I was talking to a buddy of mine who, who got on... Because he came... We, we did my... my, my uh, where I work, we did a big festival up here recently... 
And a buddy of mine I hadn't seen in years showed up, and I was showing him my Steam Deck, and he went home and bought one. And then last night he was telling me, he's like, yeah, I put Star Trek Online on it, and he was playing around with it, and he's playing Guild Wars 2 on his, and he's, you know, he's like, the community's coming out with really cool, like, button layouts for these, like, mm-hmm. mostly mouse and keyboard games on these things. Like, like the community is really rallying behind the Steam Deck. I, I like, I, yeah, I mean, I need- I'm... I need to see a picture of like five dudes sitting in the living room, each one of them staring at a Steam Deck, and you caption it "Land Party 2022." Yeah, yeah, seriously. Well, and and no to that shit. point, the 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 Steam Deck running Yuzu, the Switch emulator, plays Switch games better than the Switch does because the hardware in the Switch is basically from 2015. Uh, it's an NVIDIA chipset from 2015 compared against a very modern AMD CPU and GPU. So yeah, I mean, there is a pretty good argument there that if Nintendo were to sell their stuff, even if it was locked to Steam Deck, they would be in pretty good shape, but they're not gonna do that, I don't think. Um, it's just not Nintendo's But way they of would, doing they would, they would, I know, and that's true, but they would sell their stuff to a vastly wider audience. They would make yeah. so much, they would make so much money. Like, could you imagine having the Nintendo online, like family stuff on your Steam Deck? Like, I would love being, it. Being able to play like the Super Nintendo N64 libraries that they have on the Switch on your Steam Deck. Like, I, that would be incredible to have. Well, and like uh, the new Mario V. Rabbids game, uh, which just came out, it's the Ubisoft sort of knockoff or combining Rabbids and the traditional Mario characters in a strategy game. Uh, I loved the first one. Play the hell out of it. It's like Mario XCOM, isn't it? It is. It is. It's it's a little more puzzly, I would say, than XCOM. XCOM is very freeform, right? You can kind of go anywhere and you can do the mission in any way in Mario V Rabbids it's a little bit more structured where the mission is always the same it's not randomly generated and there's kind right. of really one right way to do it or maybe oh, two so they so know. they figured out how to make XCOM but make it cute but make it enraging <laughs> uh, it, you know for the most part it it didn't ever enrage me there were some times when i had to redo missions because i got you know i kind of got caught in a corner and and you know hammered or something but uh it's it's uh, reminds me of um into the breach a little bit in that sense where where like the mechanics are there and it's combat but it's also a little bit of a puzzle if that makes sense yeah so anyway they should have have acquired the demon's gate guys (laughs) yeah seriously but the point i was making is like that game the sequel just came out and it's on switch and i just have like not gotten around to it and i probably won't because i have so many games on pc i want to play and I have my Steam Deck. I took it with me. I, I had mentioned at the beginning of the show, I got a little bit of skin cancer removed, nothing life-threatening or, or crazy or anything. But like that process of having it removed was a multi-hour thing where basically they do a cut, they go and do a biopsy, they come back, do another cut, make sure they got it all kind of thing. That was an hour wait between each of those sessions and it can take five or six sessions. So I brought my steam deck with me and I'm sitting in the waiting room, you know, playing steam deck between uh, rounds of this. And I would have loved to have been playing Mario V Rabbids sparks of hope. I think is the the subtitle of the new one, but I, I didn't have that option without 
you know, going to Yuzu and, and instead I was playing PC stuff. So I, I think we're going to see more and more stuff coming to PC. I think we're going to continue to see this trend accelerate. I love my PC for being able to do mods. I love my PC for being able to do cheats. I hacked one of my switches so that I could do cheats on it. Basically, I, I have zero interest in piracy. In fact, I I'm vehemently against pirating games because uh, I made my living making video games, and I respect the fact that you know these companies need a source of income if they're going to continue to make games for us. Um, that said, you know, as we've talked about on the show many times, it's, it's a little bit different if the publisher no longer offers the game for sale, right? That, you know, and you decide to go get a copy of it. But with the case of Nintendo games, I buy them and I would have no issue playing them on Yuzu. I just haven't gotten around to setting it up on my Switch because it's not, or excuse me, on my, my Steam Deck it's not terribly convenient. But if I could just go in the Steam store and click a button and download the game and play it, I'd be all over that. Absolutely. So do they have a cart dumper so you can actually own the cartridge, stick it in a little USB thing, suck it's, the cartridge out and stick it in your Steam Deck? I think it's less that than more the, the hacked switches that are out there. Yeah. People uh, download the games to that and then dump them from there. Or dump the cart. You can dump, the, dump cart the cart on yeah. those. You know, But yeah, either way, you, you basically uh, download the cartridge onto the, the switch, the hacked switch, and then transfer it over to PC. There is a there is a company out of Japan um, that is selling a multi-cart dumper that dumps the cart automatically to a micro SD card, and it does all of the like classic uh, consoles. Uh, and one of the things that's really cool about that is it includes the save games. So if you have an old like Mar um, Pokemon cartridge, let's say, you could go and and dump your save and be able to continue your save from 20 years ago. With oh, that cool. little gadget. Yeah. And it's because it's all done on the device. You don't need a PC to do it, which I thought was really cool. Yeah. So you remember remember when we used to rent games from Blockbuster? And then mm. you'd, you'd, like, get a game and you'd, like, check the saves that other people oh, had. Yeah. I, always, yep. I always felt bad, man. If I had to delete somebody's save and they had, like, <laughs> a lot of time in that game, I'm like, yeah, okay, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave that one. Right. Of of all the three, I'm going to leave yeah. that one because I, I feel bad. Absolutely. I always, it, was, it was funny because throughout the years, I've owned and sold the same games, you know, like mm -hmm. where I've like had a copy of Zelda and I sold it. And then years later, I bought another copy of that same game or whatever. I, I through necessity at times, I've had to like give up my collections just because, you know, it's hard to like manage and hold on to. Now I keep a small quaint collection, but I just kind of think about like. What would ha what happened to the Zelda game that I had that I had hacked using one of those uh, um, game Gene sharks? Genie. Oh yeah. 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 So like I had a game shark that I used on a copy of Ocarina of Time that I had all but the last three heart containers, and so mm. it gave I I did a hack that let me have like all the hearts, but yet I could still pick up all of the heart pieces around the map, and so instead of having like the full two bars i had the full two bars plus one and then like i was working on getting like the other two because those heart pieces still existed somewhere in the world so i actually had one extra heart than what the game was originally like supposed to let you have through the normal oh means. wow and so i want i've often wondered if anybody's ever found that and gone hey <laughs> how did he <laughs> yeah so so it would be hilarious and amazing 
would be you go to some thrift store and you buy that game and then you find your old stuff. <laughs> oh my god. It's there, I found it. It's like, oh well, I probably would have took the lottery. Could uh use those odds wherever I want. Right. It's like right. I want to points. No, no, you get what we give you. Miracle. Well, we have... But it's do a crap. Do we have anything else though for uh for our show? Uh, I, I one other thing I was gonna bring up just because I I'm uh I don't know I'm I find this interesting. Um, I mentioned at the beginning of the show Activision turning off uh family sharing for Modern Warfare Two three days after launch. I I have zero doubt in my mind that somebody screwed up whoever administers the Steam account for Activision and forgot to turn this off. It was never intended to be on. Like I, I truly believe that this was an innocent mistake, but the fact that Activision can materially change the behavior of the game after somebody's purchased it without the possibility of them refunding it is wrong. It is, it is unconscionable that consumers are being treated this way. And this gets into the whole broader context of what does it mean to own a digital game, right? If I pay $60 for a game digitally, why should I not have the same rights that I have when I purchase it on disc for $60? And <clears throat> I would include trading that digital game to another account, for example. Yeah, just reapply its license to somebody else. <clears throat> Yep, transfer the transfer the license. I can sell a disc to my buddy. I can give it to my buddy. Why can't I do that with with Steam games, for example? So, like, I really do believe that we are going to have to have legislation. I hate saying this because I don't love bringing the government into things, but from a consumer protection standpoint, we need a digital owner's bill of rights. We need to set ground rules that say. You are not allowed to abuse the fact that this thing is available digitally and you can change it later. Companies should not be allowed to abuse yeah. that to our disadvantage as customers. I consumers. think I think we've we've hit on this before too in, in previous conversations. Same thing like when you have GTA four and you're playing GTA four and then like because the developer lost the licensing, they can like apply a patch to your game that removes that content from the game. That mm -hmm. like, and and I'm and I'm not talking about like seasonal content and like freaking Fortnite or some bullshit. No, it's like, like that. suck your music out. But like, but like all of a sudden now, like the theme song to like the opening of the game is just gone, and you're like, what? So it changes. It literally changes the experience of the gameplay because that music added to whatever. And so this game that I bought and played, that the physical copy people don't have an issue with this. If someone has GTA 4 on their Xbox 360, they threw a disc, like that's not, you know, affected to them. So, you know, I just think yeah. I I think you're on I think you have a point mollified and I I think if it's one of those things too like when when uh when something is released as a whatever and we're not talking about patches we're not talking about fixing problems and we're not talking about because you know people could t people could talk about how like well the developer changes the state of the game when they apply a patch 
sure to fix a, a bug, but patching's always been a thing though in the past that hasn't removed literally a feature. Well, and, and the, the way game. I think you <clears throat> you could disambiguate what you're saying, right? Because you're making a great point, um, is to say consumers should always be able to access the game as it existed when they purchased it sure. or when it was first released, right? Sure. So I should have the right to go into Steam and check a box and say, give me 1.0 of the game as it existed because that's what I purchased. Right. Everything that came after, you know, those patches, those updates, fair enough. You know, if they if they had to remove something because of licensing, I can understand that, but I want I should have the right to access the game as it was released. The other way to handle it is to make it illegal to take away that that license, right? You can the the government can do whatever the hell they want. They can say that if you license a car for a video game that you that the consumers who purchased it inherit the right to use that content in perpetuity. Well, I don't understand why whenever somebody licenses a song for a game, it's not, you know, this song is tied to that game. We paid for it. So as long as this game is sold, that song is part of the game at that right. point. So right. why why does it ever need to come out? That's colossally stupid. And, and I agree with you 100%. I had a game um, I know of where the guy licensed the music and the license holder changed the license and revoked the licenses. After he paid for them. Yeah. And well, he had about... no recourse. He had to remove them from the game. Well, okay. So, like, all of the Transformers games are delisted off Steam, right? Like, the only yep. way you can get it is go buy a key on, on uh, right. you know, uh, a key site, key right? Site. Yep. Yeah. So, and then you can still download the game because it's still there. Right. But, you know, but it's like, well, what the hell happened with the Transformers license that you guys can't? So it, it's dumb. It's like, okay, we licensed it to make a game. Great. We made the game. We should be able to sell it forever. Right? Because it, it, it's it's stupid. I, the I the other one was the Deadpool game uh, that Activision did. They lost the rights to it only, I think it was two years after it came out. And so it was just gone. And yep. like... The one that burns me is uh, with Lord of the Rings, right? Because it's probably one of the best damn RTSs of all time was uh, the War War of the Ring or whatever, Battle for Mm -hmm. Middle-Earth. And, you know, Middle-Earth 1 was great, Middle-Earth 2, super great. And it's like, well, I can still play it because I I have an ISO, but you have to do some hacks and stuff to, to make it work. But, okay. But, dude, if I could just buy that again, I'd do it. Because then we can play multiplayer, we can do all the things. Super great game. Just can't get it. Dumb. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, and that's oh. where Microsoft had said with their backward compatibility program, right? The, the 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 issue with bringing more games to that program was not technology. It was legal. It was licensing yeah. because they couldn't get any more licenses. So the uh, thing that's also a question for me, right? So you remember Evolve, right? the game that didn't do well and it died. Mm-hmm. And then there's like this resurgence of it because people figured out like, okay, well they turned the matchmaking back on so we can actually get in. Yeah, Cause it doesn't to, take like a to huge find out server. They actually didn't. Oh, well the other thing that I had heard was that the developers who are now participating in the discord server, right. And they're like, yeah, we would love to work on this game again. 
but we can't because you know the rights are tied up so it's like this is this is like buried under the rug somewhere and therefore we can't edit it even though we would work on this for free they won't let us right and also they want to just get it playable again but they can't relist it on the store it, it's a free freaking game right cannot relist it because it was delisted it's like well just flip the switch turn it the frick back on so what they're doing though is they are able to generate keys or they have a pile of keys or something they they have some collection of keys so what they're doing is in the discord for people that don't have the game they're they're like trickling out keys and it's like okay well you can register this key you know but we only have so many at a time that we're you know but it but it's like that's their only recourse and it's the official dudes doing it and it's just like just turn the fucking listing back on come on but yeah apparently yeah. their hands are tied for something something well, and that's and that's exactly the heart of this, right? Is there's good work that is not accessible, uh, for you know reasons that that are confusing at best. Let's say there's content being removed from games after it's been put in there that seems like it shouldn't have to be removed, um, and and those things at least are theoretically fixable by you know creating a law that defines what rights we have as consumers for you know when we purchase a digital title and i feel like we're gonna have to do that because i i don't even own physical movies i might have a dozen blu-rays left uh at this point um everything else i have digitally because you know it's easier it's more convenient right. you know yeah, but and... when you're when your crap's all okay here's my nightmare scenario is steam announces hey uh we're shutting down right but uh, you everybody has sixty days to download their games, mm. and then and then servers go down, right? So at that point, everything you own on Steam, how many petabytes of storage <laughs> do you need yeah. to warehouse that? Yeah, I have probably a hundred gigs on my machine of Steam games if I were to download them all, like. I'm just I'm speculating off the top of my head, but like I I gotta think I would need at least a hundred terabytes. Yeah, easy. Yeah, you you said a hundred gigs, and I was like, oh, sorry, 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 like, hundred terabytes. Bro, that's a, that's half Call of Duty. <laughs> yeah, what are you yeah, talking yeah. about? No, my bad, my bad. Uh, yeah, I would I was thinking like off the top of my head, it had to be like a hundred terabytes or more. I would need. Yeah, which is which is you know insane. Like who's gonna have that just waiting waiting around? So the new System Shock apparently has a release date of March now. Wow, that's exciting. Hopefully they don't I've screw finally... it up like they did uh, Borderlands. Oh, well, I've yeah, I've played the uh, I've played the demo of it through, and oh, based on the mm -hmm. demo, man, it's, it's going to be good. So just don't screw up the stuff after the demo, and we're fine. Fingers crossed. Well, I I love Night Dive. I just I was I said Borderlands. I meant Blade Runner. Um, I love Night Dive, so I'm really looking forward to this. I I hope they uh, make it work. Yeah, from well, the trailer, it looks pretty dope. Well, they they went back to the art style because they tried to like make it like, oh, we're gonna make this like super modern, and nobody liked it, right? So then they reverted it back to the original look, but modern, and 
you know, people are very comfortable with that because it looks retro, retro, uh, aesthetic. Retro but, or... Yeah. I mean, it's, it's like, it would be like, Hey, we're going to make an alien isolation game, but it's going to look like Star Trek. People would be like, yeah, no, <laughs> that's not, that's not the universe we're in. So, uh, yeah. So this went back to everything being like blue and purple and red and, you know, like a, a bunch of, uh, funky detail on the walls and stuff. And it doesn't look like you're in the enterprise anymore. So I don't know. It looks good. Um, and I would, I would, once they get done with this, it's like, okay, now continue on to system shock two gentlemen. But this game has taken so freaking long to come out. How long have they been working on this? Like eight years? Something like that, yeah. I don't know if it's been straight through, but you yeah. know how many how big a team, but yeah. Yeah, but they've basically made the game like one and a half times at this point. I don't know, man. It, it's like I, I really do uh it would be cool if they did a like with System Shock 2, just do a modernization pass or something to I, I would accept that like port it into this engine or whatever you got to do mm -hmm. they don't have to do a complete remake because it's a much more modern game than system shock one system shock one was like doom you know yeah compared. yeah yeah so it's it like it's actually 3d sure. now <laughs> yeah it was uh it definitely pushed the limits of of the technology of the time uh as yeah. i remember it because it was it was doing like vr style interaction in 2d basically it was it was pretty yeah. out there for the time so so here's the thing that nobody has done and i do not understand why but we but you see like hints of it in games right like in system shock when they had the vr stuff you know you'd plug into a terminal and then you go into vr and then you would actually be in like a 3d polygon neon tron ass world right doing stuff it's like how come nobody has ever made an mmo that is actually in like a gibson cyberspace kind of neuromancer thing where it's like like they're trying to do all the all this vr stuff and it's like do an actual like tron world vr mmo mm. please mm. Right, where it's like, okay, we're actually in the computer now, or whatever. We're in cyberspace, and just do it, man. Like everything tries to look like the real world and does it poorly. It's like, no, no, go go back to that synthwave like Tron shit from the '80s and do that, and and you can just take my money. Yeah, give me lawnmower, man. Yes, yes, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and it seems it, so obvious too. Right, it's like back then they were saying this is VR, and then now we actually have VR, and we've forgotten that that's what it's supposed to look like. <laughs> yeah, well, and Second Life was another example, right? It was it was very clearly computer generated, a computer world. We didn't uh, have a problem with it, you know, and that was supposed to be the future. I don't know. Yeah, don't and know well, you know, like in uh, have you played Cyberpunk? much because cyber oh yeah they've, they've got the they've got the whole hacking system right where it's like okay i got my quick hacks and my cyber deck and i can hold and it's basically the magic system right it's like i i have so mm -hmm. many points of ram which is mana and i can and i can concentrate on so many spells and i've i've like memorized these spells from my spell book 
which which is I slotted these SD cards, right? And right, you know, but it's a magic system, and it's like, well, there you go. So there's your MMO, and everybody's a wizard, and you uh, you like upgrade and craft your own programs and stuff, and sling them at each other. Well, and, and you have the magic effects, right? Like, you, oh, okay, now I can charm this person, except now I hacked that guy. And now he's, exactly. you know, attacking his friends. Like, you, you can translate it very easily over from a medieval fantasy style to, I don't know, modern. Yeah, it's, modern. It's, it's basically neon Harry Potter. Yeah, yeah. It's like you can be in the muggle world or put your VR headset on and go to Hogwarts. In neon. Well, that's uh, certainly a lot. <laughs> we want it. That's what we're saying. Get on it. Right. I, I mean, it, I'm, it's I'm it's there. not like it's not like rocket science here, where you have to invent something that you know, like I have to come up with this totally new thing, like nobody's ever thought of. It's like no, no, the perfect shit has already been thought about. Like the you know Keanu Reeves already was in that movie right <laughs> oh johnny mnemonic for the win yes I, right. just, I watched it again the other night and it's still good yeah i tr i was watching and my wife walked in took one look at it and rolled her eyes and walked back out oh she just she just doesn't she just doesn't understand what was the one with ralph fines where he had the the skull cap uh thing that recorded his experiences and he was addicted to watching stuff of his ex wife or whatever strange days strange days thinking of the right one um it's gonna bother me now um but yeah i mean there's so many great examples yeah. that we're, of what we're talking about for sure yeah william shatner's tech wars nobody remembers that one uh no i remember the book i didn't realize they made yeah there's a tv series Oh, I'm like, oh, that's right. Holy crap. Now you're you're taking me back, man. Strange Days, correct. That is Strange Days. Okay, yeah. That's what I was thinking of, too. Uh, but yeah, definitely. Yeah. Juliette Lewis, man. I, I admit I have a thing for her. Huh. Definitely some interesting so stuff and definitely a lot of things that are on our mind. Uh... <laughs> you're still trying to wrap this show up. Sorry. Yeah, so I was looking through, uh, your, I was looking through your sorry, Plex, buddy. and I saw that there was a 12 Monkeys TV show. Yes, yes, awful. How? Wow. Yeah. Did you know did you know there was a Blade Runner TV show that ran no. for like two seasons? Yeah. You're you're just gonna have to cut this whole ending off, Hunter. Sorry. Um So but, so anyway, you, you guys know? you guys can catch all of these things and more over on our Discord server at discord.otherworlds.gg. But wait, there's more. I'm table for two. This has been episode number seventy three, and we'll see you guys next time. Woo-woo! But wait, there's more!